According to the Bible, God's Word, the earth that we're living on, it started in a garden paradise of God. God put Adam and Eve into a garden paradise, into a perfect, beautiful environment. And over and over again, when God wrote about that garden paradise, he said it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. God's great, kind, loving, benevolent heart was to put men and women and have them live on earth in a beautiful garden paradise. And that that garden paradise would be free of sin and hatred. It would be free of sickness and disease. And it would be free of death. That's how God designed the world that he gave us to live in. But if you read your Bible, you know that in the third chapter of the first book of the Bible, the world went upside down because of sin. The Bible says a curse went across the earth, and the curse is still on the earth today. That's why we have hatred, and that's why we have sin, and that's why we have sickness, and that's why we have disease. And the sickness and the disease and the sin, it's not just far away in other people, it's also in us. And it affects us, and it affects those that we love. In the Bible, the story of the Bible is a great story of God's desire to redeem the earth and to take the earth and heaven and put them not only back to their original beauty, but actually to make them eternal and, and even better. And he has a plan to restore the earth and a plan to take the sin and the sadness and the sickness out of the earth altogether and the rebellion out of the earth altogether and to bring heaven and earth together one day. God's plan to do that involves sending his very own son. When we thought about this service today that we were going to have and that we were going to assemble out here, and the only real way that we knew how we could gather the whole church together, we thought about coming up here on this roof so that we could have the service, and the thought occurred to me but if we go on the roof, we might hurt the roof. And I don't know how to fix roofs if I break them. And then I remembered my childhood and one of the stories of the Bible that I loved and that really captured my attention. And it was the story about, the, about it, it's, it's recorded in a number of places in the Bible, but in, in, in Mark chapter two and verse four, it says that there was a man who was a paralytic and he was in Capernaum. And Jesus had been casting demons out of people in Capernaum. Jesus had been forgiving the sins of people in that area. And Jesus had been healing people in that area. And so 
this man, this, this paralytic had friends. He had at least four friends who thought, if we can just get this man to Jesus, then maybe Jesus will heal him. But they weren't the first ones to have the idea because when they got to the house where Jesus was teaching, there was a huge crowd and they couldn't get to Jesus. Now, these four friends could easily have said, well, it's just not going to work today. But instead of doing that, you know what they did. The Bible says that they went up on the roof and in one translation of the Bible it says they dug a hole down through the roof so they could get this man who was sick to the only person anywhere in the world that could ever help him, Jesus Christ. And Jesus not only forgave not only did he heal him, but Jesus forgave his sin. Now this week, you and I have been watching news reports about this terrible epidemic that's sweeping around the world and taking the lives of people and threatening the lives of all of us. And we don't know what to believe, and we're concerned. But there is one thing that I can say, and I can say it on the authority of the very Word of God, and that is this. What the world needs today, more than good health, is the world needs to be right with Jesus, and the world needs to be forgiven of their sins. Jesus, he healed the paralytic, and the Bible says he forgave his sins, and he said, take up your bed and walk. And then there were those that were criticizing Jesus, and they were saying, after he had healed this man, you don't have the right to forgive his sins. And Jesus said, what do you think is harder, to tell a man, rise and walk, who's a paralytic, or your sins are forgiven? And he challenged them, and he asserted his authority to forgive sins. Now listen, in this story is a powerful encouragement for us. Because we one day we, we may or we may not get this illness. And if we get this illness, we may or we may not die from this illness. But one day, we will die. One day, some illness, some sickness, some accident, some problem will happen will wear out and our bodies will fail and then what and when you watch the news and you see the multitudes that have died around the world you have to ask the question what will happen after i die i was thinking about a simple thing it's morose but i was thinking about if i died where would i be buried my wife and i have conversation about this every once in a while her people are from the mountains of Kentucky. And when one of her people dies, we go down into the mountains of Kentucky and they take them up on a little cemetery up on a hill overlooking the town. And those of and her family who have died are buried on that hillside. And she will often quietly say, if something happens to me, I want you to take me here. Well, I don't know about that. I say, look, maybe we can get, maybe we can get, uh, our township to to rezone bittersweet farm and maybe we can maybe we can get permission to have a couple little grave plots right here and and we could have our we could be buried here well there's an interesting thing to think about where are you going to be buried when you die but here's something that's even more important to think about where are you going to go when you die 
where are you going to live when you die? The Bible says that after we die, we're going to face God again. And we'll face God in judgment. And the Bible says that those of us who have placed our faith and our trust, as you know, in Jesus Christ, will be a part of his great plan to redeem the earth. Our bodies will be redeemed. Our bodies will be restored. And we will live again in a garden paradise with God forever. Not only does the Bible begin with a story of a garden paradise, but the Bible ends with a story of a garden paradise for those who have put their faith in Jesus. And listen, folks, this is my most powerful word of comfort that I can offer to you. Not, you will not die, because someday you will die. Or you won't get sick, because someday you will get sick. I will get sick. But to be able to say, if I do die, I go into the presence of the Lord. We encourage, you know this, we've always encouraged you to, to talk to your friends at work and your family members and your neighbors about this wonderful story about Jesus' offer to forgive us and give eternal life. And the, 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 the members of our church have been very faithful to do that. And we have a sister here who began to notice that one of her co-workers had a spiritual interest and spiritual desire. And so our sister here began to talk to her and have a gospel conversations with her. They began to tell her the story. She began to tell her the story of Jesus. And her name is Kathy. And Kathy decided to come and visit me and talk to me about the things of the Lord. When Kathy came to talk to me, and I have permission from Kathy, she's present with us here today. And I have permission from Kathy to tell you the story. And when she came to talk to me, she had stage three ovarian cancer. She was very sick and she was very frightened and she was very concerned about her own soul. And, be, and because of our conversation and because of the conversation that she had with Karen, Kathy became a follower of Jesus Christ. Her sins were forgiven and God gave her peace. She had surgery not long ago and a round of chemotherapy. She heard from her doctors this week and the doctors gave her this report. She is cancer free today. I talked to her on the phone and I asked permission to tell you that wonderful story. And she said, please do tell them. And here's what she said to me. She said, Pastor, I hope the cancer never comes back. But if it does come back, I know that I have eternal life. She also told me something that we have to look forward to. I'm not sure we can do it out here on the roof. But she said, as soon as we can, she'd like to come back to Bethel and she'd like to follow the Lord in baptism. We look forward to that day. Folks, I believe one day we'll have the opportunity again to gather inside of our church. And what a day that will be. What a day of rejoicing and what a day of fellowship. But right now, we have a job to do. And our job is to tell everyone we know that the hope of the world is Jesus Christ. 
that Jesus Christ is the light of the world and that Jesus Christ is life. And, and all the other questions they have, and all the other heartaches they have, the, all the other uncertainties that they face, this is the one thing that we know, that Jesus Christ can give them confidence in eternal life. Well, Lord willing, we'll meet again next week. And when we do, I want to talk to you next week about the question that hangs over our heads. And that is, what about our finances? What about our jobs? What about our economy? Are there answers in the Bible? Does God have answers for us in his word as we face these times when the economy is in, plunged into, into difficulty? But before you go today, I want to bless you. And I want to call upon the God of heaven to bless each one of you. Each of you have made an effort to come and to be here today. And I believe that wasn't simply curiosity, but I believe that in your heart, you wanted to gather with God's people and you wanted to express your loyalty to him and you wanted to seek his blessing. And so before you go today, I would like to offer this blessing. We've gathered here today in your matchless and mighty name. And you have said in your word, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You alone are our refuge. Protect us who have gathered here in your name today from all evil. Lord, command your angels, I pray, to watch over us. And as your word says, may no evil befall us. May no plague come near the place that we live. God bless each of you.